0: Well, as I said, lovely to be here, surprised at the wonderful weather, much better than Auckland, this weather, this is so cold. (laughs) Someone assured me it was raining in Auckland, and I said, no, it never rains there. (laughs) Actually, I'm really hot, I've got lots of singlets on underneath, and (laughs) I'm really cooking, so, um, but I did, did, we did sing Set of Fire, so, you know, that is great, so. Uh, We had a lovely time down here recently at the conference, Dylan and Beyond, and just so appreciated uh, John and Sandra looking after us and hosting Debbie and me, it was really nice, thanks guys, and it's just so lovely to be here this morning. Let's just pray, and we'll just look briefly at God's word this morning. Lord, we do thank you so much for those uh, seven that went through the waters of baptism. It's a great foundation stone that, Lord, they can now grow in their faith in you. And we pray your mighty blessing on each one. Father, as we look at your word, we pray, speak to our hearts something that you want to say and help us, Lord, to put that into practice in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, God has an amazing plan for your life. It's a good plan. God is a good God and he has a good plan for you. My Bible says in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, and I believe it's coming up. Yep, here we go. Thank you, technology. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God has a great plan for your life. I don't know where you're up to at the moment in life. I don't know how you feel the plan is looking, but it's good. And God is going to work it for good in your life. And I'm hoping by the end of our our time together, you'll go, oh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So, you know, his plans are good, and God is really in charge. He has ordained the family that you were born in. He ordained where you grew up. He ordained your brothers or your sisters or or none. And he ordained your freckles, and he ordained your hair, and he ordained so much about your life. He really did. He is in charge. He is sovereign. And God can even take the bad things that He doesn't ordain, that He doesn't want and he, he really feels the hurt and the pain. He can take those bad things and He can work good things out. If your parents divorced or your, your, your father or your mother left you or something horrible happened to you, my Bible says that God is still able to work that for good. He, he's not for the evil thing, but He's so creative and so powerful He can take that thing and he can turn it around, and he can put pr- fresh hope and fresh heart. God says in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, before you were born, and he says that to you this morning, before you were born, God knew you. He loved you, and he cares deeply about you. Even if you were like me, a black sheep growing up here in Christchurch, I was always in trouble. Is there any other black sheep here today? Oh, sheep, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's right. Oh, well, there's a few of us. Well, that's great. I feel... I don't feel alone. That's brilliant. You know, because um, I grew up in Christchurch, and um, when I was a couple of silly stories. When I was eight, um, no one was home, and in those days, I don't think it was, you know, illegal like it is today. And and I was at home. I think it was a Friday afternoon. I got home from school at three o'clock. My father had recently purchased a fire extinguisher from somewhere. <laughs> And he'd shown us, us working it. I thought, oh, this is great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this fire extinguisher working. So I went outside. There's this whole ton of really dry grass and hay and this lovely wooden shed next to it. Then there was the garage. Then there was the house. I thought, oh, yeah, no problems at all. So I got it going. He, yeah, put it out. I thought, oh, that was easy. I'll make it bigger this time. So I lit the fire again and put a lot of stuff on it and just gave it a good, you know, decent amount. To my absolute horror, as an eight-year-old, this thing just took off and I could not control it, despite, it was an old-fashioned pump thing. It was just hopeless, you know. And this this flame got bigger and bigger. And I oh my God, what's going to happen here? We're going to lose the house. (laughs) Mum and dad will come home and there's no house. You know, great. Well, I raced next door uh, in Horstier Lake Road there, raced next door yelling out to my voice, please call the fire brigade. I mean, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was only eight. And uh, so, well, they got the fire out. That was great. So I I went to bed and pretended to be asleep, but when my father got home, (laughs) it didn't matter. (laughs) Well, did I learn my lesson? No, I didn't. When I was 16, I stole my mum's car because I was learning to drive and I'd had a surfboard there and I wanted to go to the the beach. And I was driving along and I'd done something, I can't remember what it was, New Brighton Road, coming up towards uh, Billwood School and uh, driving away there in mum's car, quite a nice new car, and suddenly I couldn't see the road. Oh, that's weird. What's this? And suddenly I could see the road. Oh, that's great. And then in my rear view mirror, I see this, this, um, this bonnet from the car spinning over in the air, crashing onto the road and just missing a, a, a girl cyclist. So I had taken the, you know, the top of the, done something, I'm not sure what, to the engine, and not put the bonnet on properly, and the wind had picked it up and blown it off. So, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember what happened there, but I was so used to that sort of thing by then, it didn't really matter. So, <laughs> so you know, whether you are a, a, my wife is such a goody-goody, man. She, oh, it's amazing how God puts opposite together. So, you know, but, um, but whatever you were when you grew up, God knows And He loves you. You know, He loves you as you are. He cares about you so deeply and so wonderfully. Whether you are poor, whether you are rich, whether you are privileged. Next slide, thanks team. The Bible says that all things will work together for those who love God and those who are called according to His purpose. He will take your life and He will work it out for good. And uh, you know, you might say, well, how can I know I'm in God's will? That's a common question people ask. Well, do you have peace in your heart? Do you have uh, a sense of God guiding you in circumstances? Do you have a good support network around you? Are you in the church regularly? Are you in your Bible daily? If you are doing those things, it's very highly likely, highly likely that you are in the will of God. So no matter how, how bad, no matter how sad, no matter how lonely, no matter how difficult, God will turn it for good. How do I know? I've seen it in my own life. The tough things that I've faced, and no doubt that you've faced as well. I remember one occasion, my dad, you read he for my oldest sister, he bought her two, two vintage MG sports cars, and she's at high school. And he bought me nothing. So you can tell I wasn't his favorite. Yeah, I wonder why. I could never figure that out. You know? And, and uh, you know the rejection actually it was pretty deep. I have to say, and I was a really angry young man. I can remember playing tennis, and I think I've told this before, breaking so many tennis rackets uh, there there in the Burwood tennis courts and then Shirley tennis courts, except uh, with my anger, because they had to come out somehow. And, and uh, you know, but but God can take all those all that stuff that's in us that's not quite right, and He can turn it for good. When I got saved and gave my life to Christ, He healed me of all that bitterness and all that anger, and He set me free. And when I saw my dad, I give him a big hug. Oh, he didn't know what to do. You know, God can change you. He can turn your life around. No matter where you've come from, our God is well able. He is a mighty God. He is for us. And you know, the Bible tells us in, the, in Genesis, there's a man called Joseph. And Joseph had a dream, a dream that was given to him by God. And maybe this morning, you've got a dream. I hope you do have a dream. We need one in life, don't we? It gives us purpose. It gives us focus. It gives us direction. And God gave Joseph some dreams, and those dreams were that his brothers, his parents were going to bow down to him. He didn't know all that it meant, but he quickly told his, his older brothers what it meant, and they got very angry and very jealous. And uh, finally, we know the story, of course, that he took his, uh, his, his brothers took him, and they threw him into a pit. Then they sold him off to some slaves, and he got taken into uh, a man called Potiphar's uh, place in another country in Egypt. And there in Egypt, he was accused by Potiphar's wife of adultery. And then he was cast into prison. It was, oh, so unfair, so wrong. What, could, how, what, what had happened to the dream that God had given to Joseph? Well, there he was in prison, you know, just feeling, I guess, quite desolate and rejected and alone and really struggling with everything. And uh, on, um, one day, Pharaoh, the king of all of Egypt, he has a dream. And in this dream he, he sees these things and they can't interpret what the cows and and then what the, the, the barley and the, the, the um, wheat means. And and one of the staff of Pharaoh remembers there's this guy in prison that can interpret dreams. And they get him and he's suddenly he's shaved and he's washed and he's fresh robed and he's brought before Pharaoh so suddenly he interprets the dream. Suddenly he's promoted to second in Egypt. Wow, what a change. And then it says that Joseph remembered His dream. Have you remembered your dream? Given by God, it's going to happen. Given by God, it is certain and sure, because God will work it for good. Just got to hold on. Just got to hold on. Give God time. Keep a good heart. Love God. Love people. And God will turn it for good. A dream is important. It will keep us focused. God remembers the dream that you had. God hasn't forgotten you and he has a great plan. Maybe your lights are turned off, but God's searchlight is seeking out after you. He knows your name, he knows your address and he is knocking at your door. It says, hey, I wanna come in afresh and, and just reignite that dream, reignite that hope. Reignite that heart and that passion. I do love you. I am for you. I'm gonna work it for good in your life. Don't be discouraged. Our God is well able. He is fighting for us. The enemy's throwing rubbish at you, but God is gonna come as the great rubbish collector. Remove it from your life and put instead great heart, great treasure, great wealth, great blessing. This is the God that we serve and that we know. Hallelujah. So what we might ask, is the purpose for us remaining on this earth, slide five or six or something like that. Thank you. Okay, well, the primary reason really doesn't sound very exciting, and it's this. It's ordained, God is ordained to work in your character and in my character. And we think, oh man, that's not really exciting. Character, yeah, okay. But it's really important to God. And the reason is that, what we'll be doing in heaven, a lot of it is based around the character that God works into our life. That character is eternal. And that character is not my nature. No, no, it's His nature working in me. The, the nine fruit of the Spirit. And uh, as God, and I'm praying every day now, God, put in your love. Not my love, Lord, that's pretty useless, but God, put in your love. Father, put in your joy. Jesus, put in your peace. And I go through each of those fruit of the Spirit and say, God, let that tree of life grow inside of me. Let Jesus grow inside of me and let him come out to others. Lord, I'm feeding on you, but I wanna then take that that others can feed on you as well. And so God is working His character into our lives through the tough times, through the harder ones, through the difficulties and the challenges and the blessings as well. Joseph was rejected by his brothers and when their dad died, they were very worried and they said, hey, what are you going to do with us now? And he said, well, you meant it for evil. What you did to me, throw me into that pit. But God meant it and ordained it for good. God ordained it for good. And uh, God will ordain events and character and situations in your life for good, no matter what the enemy, no matter what others may do. There comes the dream, and there may come a death, but there comes finally a deliverance. God brings the promise. Then he allows the preparation, and then there is the promotion. And for some of you, there's coming promotion. There's coming an enlargement. There's coming a door opening. Our God is well able, and he'll do it suddenly. You know, God loves the suddenlies. There's a long time of preparation. And suddenly the door opens and we advance and we move forward. Hang on to God. God took a murderer named Moses and turned him into a man who would talk face to face with himself. God took David, a murderer, and turned him into, you know, one who would... Love God, and my goodness, Paul as well. We won't go on about that. It's amazing, isn't it, what God can do. God can take the most horrendous people or situations and do remarkable things. Oh, I think of a man called John Newton that I'm sure many of us know, who wrote that wonderful song "Amazing Grace." But as you probably know, he was a terrible slave trader, and what he did to and with the slaves on the boats and galleries is just—you know—you wouldn't talk about it. It's just wicked and and heinous. But God was able to take John Newton, and meet with him, and save his soul, and cause this man to be a lover of God and a writer of that hymn that they sing across the globe, Amazing Grace. This is our God. So God will work in our situation, giving us the dream, and work his character in our lives. Secondly, the purpose of us remaining on earth is that we might share our faith about Jesus, who is the bread of life. You know, the dreams that Joseph had were very much around bread and grain, And there were seven years coming in Egypt of uh, great plenty, seven years of famine, and uh, Egypt and Joseph would become the one who would be the dispenser of all this uh, this great food and be the basket house of the entire known world at that time, saving the nation of Egypt and saving his own brothers and saving the uh, fledgling nation of Israel. And he was the one who would dispense that. Joseph feeding the nations. And you know, for us, we have the bread of life, don't we? When we've got Jesus, we do have the bread of life. And there are hungry people all around us, all around us, people desperate to know life's meaning. And uh, they don't always look in uh, areas of Christianity. But if we can build trust with them, if we can build relationship with them, when the crisis comes, when the hard time comes, I'll come to you. I remember some years ago, I was um, pastor in my first church in Picton, and uh, playing a bit of golf. And uh, there was the golf professional there, and I thought, "Man, this guy's got it all together. He's got a great golf game. He's newly married, beautiful wife. He's a he's a good looking guy." And I thought, "Oh, man, I feel quite useless next to this guy." But I got to know him a bit, and then he began to open up to me he trusted me and he shared the problems they was having in his very new marriage and in his life and I thought oh I will never misjudge someone again thinking that they've got it all together really you know no person can have it together outside of Christ my Bible says God has put eternity in the hearts of men and women and that is just something that just pushes us. And people go in all manner of directions trying to fit and fill this need. But unless it's found in God, for God alone brings rest to our soul. And I'm sure like me, you looked in a number of different directions, but only in Jesus will you find that. And there are people all around us, all around us that are have got this God-shaped vacuum. And God will help us to feed There. just recently i uh, updated a little testimony here i was getting uh, my hair done about two weeks ago and um so she cut the hair and she's got problems with her um her bones actually it doesn't sound very good it sounds quite serious and but anyway so i said look would you mind could i pray for you and um so i did and i prayed for her short prayer uh, the other staff girl is watching on and she got talking and she said oh i mean she just got talking it wasn't like pray for me please she just said oh um, having difficulty sleeping and I said well actually um, there's a lady in our uh, we meet with in our group and and she's had insomnia and we've been praying for her and it's made a huge difference would it be okay if I just prayed a short brief prayer with you she said yeah okay all right so I prayed with her as well and um, that was a bit of extra faith there and I just heard on Friday, my wife went back there and she got, was getting her hair done. And they were, they were asking about me and they were quite interested. So I thought, oh, well, that's, that's a good sign. So when I go back in four weeks' time, I'm, I'm, sorry, two more weeks' time, I'm hoping to find out some, something good that have happened, you know? So whatever it is that at your level of faith, why don't you step out just slightly from your comfort zone? Some of you remember, I've talked a bit about this, this whole principle of serving the ball in tennis. And, um, you know, we can't wait for, for people who don't know the Lord to ask us about God. We have to raise the issue in conversation. And we can do it so very, very naturally. So I'm staying with my um, unsaved sister and a husband at the moment and I'm raising God two or three times over the course of the evening just hoping they might say something now they're not saying anything but I'm still gonna keep gently just trying it and so I introduce God into the conversation and just see oh there might be a response then I can go further so there's no response I back away if I had offered to that lady about praying and she said, no, I said, oh, that's quite okay, thanks. You know, I would let it right there. And when I go witnessing in, in the different places, I always just raise God with people that I'm talking to or I've just been to church or I've just done this about, you know, and whatever it may be. And then I wait to see the level of response. And if there's a response, you can go further and you can share about Jesus. People are hungry and God will lead you and he will guide you. If you and I will pray and ask God, he will lead us to people who are hungry and ripe and who are ready to receive Christ or ready to be taken one step further. So God keeps us on this planet, one, to make us like Jesus. He is the firstborn of many. You and I might be the, you know, 27th, no, probably, probably second billion and whatever numbers there are, but, you know, we are also born of the Spirit. And so to become like Jesus and secondly, to feed the hungry. Our final slide this morning is this. You know, as we pass through life, and we can meet many people like this who have been broken with life, knocked around, and God allows this to take place. But for every single one of it, God does it for the purpose that he will take those broken pieces and he'll put them into something that pleases him. You may be a plate. Who's a plate this morning? You may be... I don't know, some other piece of crockery or something else that God is shaping. He knows what pleases him best. But he is shaping you and he will take those pieces and make them something remarkable and something amazing and something that will be a blessing to others and a blessing to God. Things don't happen by chance if you're a Christian. They don't happen by accident if you know the Lord. And they are never wasted if you put your hand in His, that's the key. If you put your hand in Christ, He will take those things and He will shape them and He will make them something good. God indeed is fighting for us, and I'm going to ask just the the team to come up back now, please, the music team, and we're going to sing um, a song that uh, I believe it's "God is fighting for us." Otherwise, it's whatever we've got. Is that right? What's that? We'll do it again. Hey, it's even better. That sounds great. So we're going to sing that. And as we sing that this morning, just think about your own life, your own dream, where you're up to in God. And why don't you say, Father, I just bring my heart afresh to you. If my dream's just been pushed away, repressed, you know, gone, say, God, please revive it again. If it's there, bring it to the Lord that he might put fresh passion even further in it. But could you stand with us, please? Then the team will lead us. Thank you.